0: Ari Rosenbaum here with another fun-filled episode of That 401k Podcast. This week's topics, we're going to talk about the struggles of being a 401k plant provider. Something uh, very close to the heart. Um, Probably talk about some of the issues that I had uh, in starting up my own practice, oh, 13 years ago, which is hard to believe. Uh, Of course, first things first, that dot ksitecom Sign up for... um, virtual event. If you get the emails, you can get them for free. Otherwise, it costs you $2.24 or whatever it is. And you got some events in Arlington, Texas and Yankee Stadium. Slowly but surely, we're getting uh, traction with uh, sponsorship. Um, and if you are a plan provider and you want to sponsor, we're kind of doing a two-for-one deal, sponsor a live event. You get, um, you get a spot in our virtual conference, which has about 40 some odd advisors already signed up with uh, still, almost two months—you uh, know, a little less than two months to go—and uh, of course that 400ksite.com uh, articles uh, of you know pertaining to retirement plans, Bitcoin, and uh, entertainment. Which reminds me, I got to write one of those articles about uh, the marbles flopping at the box office. Um, but of course, the topic at hand. Um, the struggles of being a 401k plan provider. Again, I started out 13 years ago and, um, it's hard to believe, but, um, you know, they often say, what doesn't kill you, makes you stronger. I kind of learned that the hard way with uh, Hurricane Sandy. I'm sitting recording an episode in a spot where there were five, five feet of water. Um, that was a lot of fun. It was five feet of water in here at one point. Um, and then you had to rebuild, but when I was younger, you know, I, I, I would say I, I, I would say I, I didn't have much confidence in myself. Um, just you know, just very very pessimistic. Uh, everything to me was like kind of the end of the world. Whether it was getting a speeding ticket on the Taconic Parkway like everybody else did, or the grade I got in Silver Procedure One from Bernie Corp. Um you know, you know, dealing with bosses, uh, always you know I remember my first job is always fearful you're going to get fired. Um, and, you know, dealing with uh, that managing attorney that I, I always talk about. Um, back when I was younger, I always had a recurring dream that um, I was in a semester, sometimes I'd be transported back to high school, sometimes in college, and I would have this dream where I would be uh, meeting that class to pass or whatever it was, and I wasn't in the class all semester long, and, um, you know, there was a final exam coming up, which which was kind of funny, uh, the movie Top Secret had that scene where Val Kilmer's Nick, uh, Val Kilmer's character Nick Rivers uh, has this bad nightmare that he's in a class and uh, he's got to take the final and you know everybody around him are like zombies like what final exam and all that stuff and he wakes up and he's being tortured and he's like thank God uh, the nightmare of not you know of missing his final was far worse than getting uh, tortured by an East German so. You know, again, you gain confidence. Uh, I did. Um, you know, I don't. You know, nothing's the end of the world. Uh, you know, there were situations where, you know, uh, starting my own practice, you didn't know uh, where the next payment for the mortgage was going to come from. At certain points. And luckily, um, 2024, I think we're on the verge of paying off that mortgage. Kind of, you know, seven or eight years ahead of time. And uh, I will no longer be fearful of making that thirty-five hundred dollar payment, probably in the next six months. But um, as a plan provider, there are really a lot of you know struggles out there, and uh, it takes a lot of confidence uh, to overcome them. And uh, you know, I always talk about you know true grit. Uh, you know, you need to have true grit in order to survive, and uh, you know, dealing with you know rolling with the punches and um you know again i was somebody who didn't get that confidence until i was wiser um, i stopped listening to negative people which pretty much my parents and i can assure you that you can you know deal with the struggles of being a plant provider and, and overcoming them and first things first is dealing with employees i you know i i i'm sure it's a, to, to my detriment that i don't have employees but I was an employee once too, despite the fact that I'm getting you know I was at one point every five minutes felt like I was getting a phone call about ERC credits. And uh, you know sometimes you'll get people you know I, I hate those I hate those emails where they clearly don't know what you're doing or clearly don't know. So you know they're trying to sell you leads for personal injury attorneys, which I'm not or they're trying to sell me employee benefits. And you know I will always say I will never have an employee because I was an employee once too. Uh, and I was a malcontent. Um, no ways around it. And I always love that phrase. He was a, He's a malcontent. And that was what David Geffen said about Don Henley in the History of the Eagles documentary. And uh, I think I was a malcontent. I was, you know, I've always felt that um, I was surrounded by people who didn't know what they were doing. I knew what was better. Uh, that may or may not be true. Um, but whether it was you know, work, or whether it was, you know, synagogue, or whatever it was, um, you know, I, I just wanted to do things my way, and what better way than certain my own practice? But, you know, I, I I had enough when I worked uh, the last three years working for two different union law, law firms, and, you know, uh, union law firms, uh, you know, my uh, had a union practice until, like, very, very recently. I think they're down to two attorneys. And at one point we had about 12 attorneys in that office. Great job going guys. And, um, you know, my bosses were union attorneys or whatever it was and, and the, the year that I spent at another law firm. And, you know, they they what was funny was they, they represented unionized workers, which I'm, you know, I've always had a soft spot for. I, I love the idea of collective bargaining. I love helping people out. And you know, people try to get the best wage they can. But I joke that deep down, you know, I should have uh, tried to uh, organize the associate attorneys because we were treated poorly, uh, both firms, uh, and uh, you had bosses who just looked down. It, it, they they were defending unionized workers to get the best benefits they can while holding it down for their own employees. Do what I say, don't do as I do. Uh, the Columbus kids have no shoes you know that kind of stuff you know we had lousy benefits, no bonuses all that kind of stuff and you know I will always say that I should have organized the attorneys for better wages benefits and treatment and you know i I I see things from both sides uh, you know my father was an electrical contractor he 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 was a partner in an electrical contracting business. He was a licensee for a very, very long time. So I could always see both sides of it. And at one point I was working as an attorney for the union that he was um, dealing with. So, you know, I see both sides of it. And it's it's a tough relationship. The employee-employer relationship is very, very tough. It's not easy because I've never found an employee who thinks they get paid too much. And I've never found an employer who thinks they pay their employees too little. Um, And the problem in the retirement plan business is good employees are very, very hard to come by. Um, I know that after working 10 years as a TPA attorney. You know, you had a lot of great employees and you had some really terrible ones. There are many poor employees out there. And to me, I think that they're really poor because they never got the training in the first part. You know, we, you know, when I worked at this TPA at Syosset, you know, we recruited from my alma mater, Stony Brook. But the problem is is that, you know, if you don't give people training, they're never going to get any good. And it doesn't happen to be, you know, just recent graduates. I, you know, I worked at a TPA and we had an administrator with 20 years of experience and she was dreadful because she didn't, you know, she didn't understand that, you know, a key employee, the wife and daughter who worked there are also key employees. And that would obviously affect the the top heavy um, and top heavy test and, and whatnot. And, you know, having good employees is, a, is, is an important asset. Um, I think that most employers don't think about that as an asset. And um, I always talk about, um, you know, one of the books, uh, the last book, which about 15 people read. Um, I talk about uh, my mechanic. I've used the same mechanic since I started in the retirement plan business in 1998. Uh, 1998, September, um, got a job with Harvey Berman. Um couple weeks we were in the Irving place office in the city before we were, you know, combining offices in Syosset. And so I had to get a car. So I got a 98 Camry. And the reason I went to uh, Ralph Yavino uh, for, you know, 25 years since was the previous year in 97. uh, My father, uh, my parents and I, we we moved from Oceanside from Brooklyn. Um, We moved a week before I took the New York State bar exam. Thankfully, I passed, and never, I would have I had I failed, I would have heard it for the rest of my life that I failed, so I passed. And my father at the time, you know, was going to the mechanic in, in Brooklyn, uh, still for the longest time going to Brooklyn. And then I think sometime in 98, they had a Nissan Maxima, there was some issues, and Ralph looked at the car and he says, yeah, your shocks are, you know, your shocks are shot. And, uh, you know, go to the dealership, the car is still under warranty. And, you know, Ralph was honest, too honest. Well, I don't, I don't think he could be too honest, but he was honest. And as a result of that, he's gotten business over the last 25 years, and I've never taken the car to somebody else. I've taken it to a, like a Jiffy Lube for an oil change, and I stopped doing that as well. I'd rather give Ralph my business than, you know, the numbskulls of Jiffy Lube who have to show you, uh, you know, your Elfer, Elfer, you know, you should, you know, they're always trying to get you, hit you for another service. And Ralph will just tell me, "Listen, your air filter shot. I'm going to replace the air filter." And I'm like, "Okay, Ralph, whatever." But the thing about Ralph is, I've used the same mechanic for 25 years, and uh, you know he's been successful in business for over 45 years. And I think he realizes that his staff is the most important thing. Um, His garage was closed for two weeks during Hurricane Sandy. Um, He, you know, his shop is, you know down the road about two miles away from me uh, he still you know he's above sea level and I'm, I'm not uh, so he fared out a little bit better but the problem with him is it was close for two weeks money wasn't coming in and more importantly so much of his clientele lost their cars so you know I lost two of my cars and you know older cars need more help than newer cars so that negatively impacted his business but he realized that you know, uh, he had to dig into his savings and keep the place going on. But more importantly, to keep his guys paid uh, from you know going somewhere else. He had to pay them. He couldn't afford. Uh, if he wanted to stay in business, he knew that he couldn't find good work, good workers. And he went into his pocket, paid the people. And you know, what? Eleven years later, still doing well. Uh, even with you know cars uh, being in better shape. Than they were, you know, thirty, forty years ago. He's still in business, and uh, he just had, you know, about a couple of years ago, one of his mechanics retired, and it was a tough, tough spot for him to find uh, a replacement. He had one guy who was very, very good. Problem is, the guy didn't show up on work on time, and so he was let go, and they found somebody else who's who's done a very, very good job. But he knew, and he still knows that his employees are his greatest assets. Um, his most an important mechanic is the guy who runs the shop when Ralph takes vacation. Ralph takes, you know, I think Ralph is taking Fridays and Saturdays off now. He's in his 70s. Um, And and Howie takes over, runs the place, and the place runs as if Ralph is there. And you can't, not every business is like that. And I think it's important uh, to understand that, you know, employees are an important asset and they have to be treated accordingly. Uh, next bigger providers won't put you out of business. I will always say bigger isn't better. There are certainly, you know, plan providers out there that get larger, buying more and more people. But you know, um, I remember, uh, in 2000, um, you know, I was a big cinephile, uh, probably less so cause I have a life and <laughs> a job and kids. But I bought a DVD player in 2000 and, uh, I don't know if it's a toshiba whatever it was and i remember getting it from one of those websites that was long out of business and uh within the box of the DVD player was a little thing for this company called netflix they're going to give you a grit by mail and it was really really cheap and they gave you like i think 10 free rentals and uh it was that little company that could netflix so i signed up for for a long time until. Eventually, I had kids, and that was the end of that. And then I re-signed up for a short time, and I'm still a Netflix subscriber. But it's all streaming these days. They got rid of the uh, they got rid of the uh, DVD rental just you know within the past couple weeks. But everybody thought uh, Blockbuster was going to put Netflix out of business once Blockbuster was going to go into the DVD rental business. Um, you know, at one point the story goes is that uh, you know. Blockbuster at one point had the opportunity to buy Netflix in the past. On it. So everybody thought Blockbuster was going to put Netflix at business. It didn't work out that way. Uh, same thing, everybody was writing the obituary for Amazon when Walmart decided to go into uh, their own website business. Same when Target um, was going to have its own website instead of, you know, people forget that, you know, companies like Target and Toys R Us, uh, they're, you know, uh, Amazon was providing... Uh, the website support, mailing, and all that kind of stuff. Bigger isn't better. Um, Amazon is still in business. Um, Amazon auctions, People forget that, you know, everybody thought eBay was going to of business because Amazon was going to start running auctions. That did turn out that way. So, you know, providers will become bigger and bigger. That's the nature of the business. Um, there's still a lot of 4K plan, 4K plan business out there. Uh, bigger plan providers are, you know, could be publicly traded or, owned by private equity, they're all concentrated on the best return for shareholders. It means if you're privately held, uh, you don't have to be as profitable, if you, especially if you own the business. You want to be as profitable as possible, but if it's your business and it's supporting your livelihood, you, you may dig into your pocket and go after areas of the business that aren't as profitable that you know large providers have decided that they don't want to meet out there. Uh, There's so many small foreign key plans out there you can't compete for without having to worry about the large providers. In addition, uh, you know, buying practices isn't exactly the greatest idea, um, but I'm sure for larger plant providers, it's worked out. Um, I think a census has, and I, I never spell a company, I think a census is one of those companies that understood what they were doing. Um, I've seen other CPAs get bought out. Uh, a census lets these people run their businesses still. Uh, despite you know selling ownership and keeping those people, you know, I've seen it. Uh, I don't know how it is now, but the, I, I did see it for many, many years. And in, in this business, I, I see, you know, there was a great TPA out here in Long Island and insurance company benefits place bought it. And everybody you liked about that business slowly one and one and one and one. Uh, you know, everybody that you liked is kind of gone. And I think I'm down to one person there that I still know. Um, you know, so mergers aren't exactly the greatest thing in, uh, since sliced bread. Ask, uh, ask me, who had shares in AOL Time Warner. That didn't work out very, very well. Um, you know, Discovery Time Discovery Time Warner or whatever, I don't even know what it is. They don't even own the magazines anymore. It's a shell of its former self. Penn Central, that was another uh, for people who are older than me who remember that merger. Penn Central was a complete and utter disaster. That's why Penn Station was destroyed. They sold the air rights above Penn Station, Madison Square Garden. One of the worst uh, mergers of all time, and I think that created Amtrak because uh, the government had to intercede and uh, preserve passenger uh, railroads in the United States. So, next on the hit list, uh, struggle is you know the government-run IRA programs. Uh, I think industry trade groups are very, very good for the timberland industry. Napa, Aspa, uh, Brian Graff does a tremendous job. One of these days, I'll kind of join them as an affiliate member. I think I really, really should. I, I like what they do. Should get more involved in that. Uh, we've come a long way in this business, and, and thanks to people like Brian Graf, and thanks to the people in charge of these organizations, because you know, uh, 15 years ago, you'd have people who were you know in these positions like a Brian Graf, but you know, people who were the predecessors to uh, yeah, Brian Graf who defended a business that was not transparent um, that was just hiding fees uh, and if you made mention of it uh, I'll throw out James Hollands out name out there James Holland I think in his, one of his in his back in the day James Holland like me was one of those people on the uh, I think we're, I think we're still on the outside but he was somebody who was um, very big on fee disclosure before you had to be. Same thing with me and I think it was it was James Holland who had this tag in his email about transparency and this this and that and this guy who's no longer he led an organization I think uh, NAPA or the American Time Rail Association gobbled up. It's now one of their organizations but you know he was offended by James's tagline I'm so, of course I'm speaking out of school now but uh, it was just really really funny back in those days if you were you know, saying the truth, uh, people in your industry had a problem with it. Not so much anymore. And uh, one topic I think that industry groups are concerned about is obviously the government getting into retirement plan business with, you know, IRA plans. And, you know, it's one thing to have states in it, and the other thing is the biggest concern is if the federal government's in it. We don't want to nationalize the retirement plan industry. I don't think that the nationalization of the retirement plan is really a really good thing. Government has shown through Social Security that <laughs> managing the retirement uh, uh, programs for uh, Americans isn't, you know, their really good idea. But I like the state IRA programs because what it does is that it increases retirement plan coverage, and I think that that's one of the important goals. Uh, if you get more people in the coverage, um, that's more companies out there that offer a retirement plan, whether it's part of a state program or they decide to, you know, go out on their own. And Forcing people, you know, it's, it goes back to the uh, the movie Mash. Um, I think it was the uh, the Robert Duvall character, uh, uh, Frank Burns. Uh, I had oh, I don't know what was it Hot Lips or whatever asked how, and then I don't know if it was Hawkeye or Trapper John. How did he get into the army or whatever? How did he get in here? And I think it was Father Mulcahy said he was drafted, and. You know, how to get, these programs are very, very good at, at getting uh, employers they're drafting employers into offering a retirement plan against their will. Uh, that's a good thing in the sense that if you're a retirement plan provider, it's a great opportunity to, um, you know, offer a pulled employer plan. I think that that's a great place to offer pulled employer plans, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, it, uh, it, uh, it creates uh, more opportunity. That's how I see it. Uh, you know, I would, you know, if I was offering cold and poor plants, I'd concentrate on the states that, you know, are forcing people to offer it. Eventually, New York is going to offer it. I don't know what they're waiting for. Uh, New Jersey is, I think, about to finally, after years and years of talking about it, finally offering it. They just, I think they just picked a provider. So we'll see what happens. But, you know, it's a concern. But again, I think it's a growing uh, opportunity. It's just, it just creates more opportunity for plant providers, and plant providers have to take opportunity, you know, See the opportunity, you gotta take it. Next, the threat of regulation. Um, obviously, the retirement plan business in 1998 was different than, you know, 2008, 2018. It would certainly be different in 2028. That's thanks to uh, the laws and regulations that kind of change how retirement plans work, and as well as how retirement plan providers work. Uh, many in this business were chicken littles and insisted uh, that uh, gloom and doom uh, fee disclosure regulation would uh, have plan sponsors terminate the 401k plans because the plan sponsors are going to get overwhelmed and they're not going to want to have the hassle of offering a retirement plan because of this fee disclosure regulation and the need for them to benchmark their fees. What happened? That did not happen. Uh, the same thing with the fiduciary rule. Well, I, I heard that the uh, you know, plan sponsors, if they can't find an advisor who's a fiduciary, blah, 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 and all these brokers are going to go out of the business, and nobody's going to get uh, there's not enough advisors to help these plans out, blah, 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 blah. And as we can say, the gloom and doom didn't really materialize. Uh, you know, regulations create change, change creates opportunity. Um, plant providers, again, James Holland, he was somebody who, who talked about fee disclosure way before it was required. Uh, he was ahead of the curve, and you know, we saw plant providers that were not. Um, I don't want to name names, but, you know, there were a whole bunch of insurance companies after around 2012 said, you know what? We don't want to be in the retirement plan business anymore. Uh, companies like Empower took, took them over. Um, but there were other mergers in this business. So there were a lot of providers out there that just, you know, weren't going to do very well in a transparent environment. And they decided to jettison their retirement plan business. Um, so, you know, again, uh, regulation is a threat. But it also can create opportunity. As long as they don't, you know, as long as we have our, you know, Brian Graffs in the world, pro, you know, helping us organize and fighting uh, government control of uh, retirement plans, nationalizing the industry, we'll be we'll be fine. Last but not least, AI. I've seen enough Terminator movies to know that uh, I should be very, very wary of artificial intelligence. And, uh, the problem is, you hear with this Open AI and all that stuff. It just sounds stuff that's really kind of scary. You think that Skynet is going to get built, and you know Kyle Reese and Sarah Connor obviously fought uh, Skynet. But we have very, very little hope in finding AI gaining traction in the time plane space. Uh, I think that AI is going to be used in the fiduciary process uh, in selecting investments, and I'm sure it's going to handle plane design. Uh, We've seen companies out there that have been very, very good at uh, opening up uh, programs that make retirement plan design just so much more easier and more efficient. I don't know if we'll have AI doing plan documents. Uh, if AI does plan documents, then I know that I can't increase my fee it's going to have a computer uh, determine what's the best uh, way and how to draft the uh, plans. As long as AI won't completely control our military and start a judgment war against the humans. Judgment day. we are going to be fine. It's going to create efficiencies in the retirement plan business. And the problem with efficiencies is that that eliminates jobs. But, you know, uh, mergers eliminate jobs. Uh, Humans are still going to be needed for sales. Plan administration, communication clients, running a day-to-day retirement plan business. So People that may be clipped because of AI handling uh, compliance testing, Um, that still means that people have to program uh, these computers how to do uh, compliance testing. So it will uh, eliminate redundancy in the workplace, but it may create opportunity uh, in the workplace. So somebody who might see their job lost because of AI, may have an opportunity to have a job somewhere else within the retirement plan industry that could help augment AI. AI is concerned, but it's there. And I think that with any change in the retirement plan space, dealing with AI is about identifying the threats and benefits of it, as well as the opportunity of it. And uh, we'll see over time. I just think that is the next wave. Uh, and again, uh, as long as they're not building Skynet, uh, I think we're going to be okay. Uh, if they're not, you know, if they're going to build Skynet, you know, I'm going to have a very, very, very big problem with it and probably find myself in some si- kind of like, you know, silo in Wyoming where I can hang out with. Um, but anyway, that's it for this episode. A little bit extra. We usually do 20 minutes, we did 27 and change. But uh, tune in for our ne- uh, next week for another fun filled episode of that 4K podcast. Thank you.